0: Thank you, Pastor John, and it's good to see you all wherever you may be listening today. It's just good to be able to meet like this. We can't come together, but at least we can come at one time in one spirit and be encouraged and encourage one another. Now, I want to ask you a question. I wonder if you've ever been caught in the act (laughs) that is doing something that you know you should not have been doing Makes me think of a time when I was quite small. I think I was about six years of age, and uh, we lived on a a few acres. And we had this little shed out in the out in the backyard that just had all of these rubbishy bits and pieces. You know, all the things that you don't know where to put went into this place. And I can remember going in there. I used to go in there often because it was a a fun place. I I used to enjoy just discovering things in there. And I can remember finding a hole punch one of those single hole punches that just does like one one hole and and trying to work out what it did and and finally working out what it did on a piece of paper, I kept looking and found this large piece of rubber and found that it, it punched holes in this thing quite beautifully and so sat there for I don't know how long but all I know is that I put many holes, hundreds if not thousands of holes in this large rubber mat and I was having a ball, I was having a great time until my brother finally discovered me in that place and asked, what are you doing, Wally? And I said, well, look, I found this thing and, you know, look, what I, this is fun. And I saw a look of shock on his face as he unraveled this piece of rubber which was once an inflatable boat. <laughs> it wasn't going to be used for that any longer and I can remember getting uh, dobbed into my parents and getting in trouble and punished, and rightly so. A bit of a humorous tale of being caught in the act, I guess. There's a picture in scripture of a, a woman caught in the act, a very different act. In John chapter 8, we're going to read these words as we continue on with our, our series called Not a Fan. And today, especially looking at this idea that being a follower of Jesus is far more than simply following rules. You see, we read these words in John 8, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, This woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her, what do you say? Now they were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him, but Jesus stooped down and he wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. Jesus said, neither do I. Go And sin no more. What an interesting passage. As we read this, we can see a group of people who have been and become focused on the rules. Rules can easily turn us into a gang of mobsters. We can huddle, we can whisper, we can put people on trial in our heart of hearts as we judge people for their deeds. Now, of course, in the midst of this, we need to understand that God's word provides both guidance. He gives us commandments to follow. And these laws are here to protect us, as we read in 1 John 5.3, that loving God means keeping his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. See, God's commandments are not there as a burden for us. They're there to guide us and to shape us as followers of Jesus Christ. And if we're all honest, none of us can follow these commands perfectly. We stumble as much as we try. Some of us stumble privately. Outwardly, we look like we've got it all under control, but inwardly, we're struggling. Some stumble more publicly in the open eye like this woman. The truth is, each of us has fallen short and we continue to fall short in our walk, even as we follow Jesus. We need to be reminded that in reality we are saved by grace and we live by grace. You see, when we overemphasize the rules, we get people thinking that this is what faith is all about. That this walk, this Christian walk is all about being perfect or or doing the right thing, saying the right thing, not messing up, not tripping up, being perfect little Christians. The Christian life has never been and will never be about following the rules. And here the Pharisees got caught up on the rules. They were trying to trick Jesus, to trip him up in the midst of these rules that had been woven and that they followed. Sometimes, as followers of Jesus, we can look more like the Pharisees in this story than like Jesus. If we're honest, we find comfort in rules. We can find ourselves living by the rules because they do give us a measure of comfort, don't they? Some guidelines to follow at least. We can find ourselves living a life of faith, not... Faith in Jesus, but in faithfulness to a set of rules and a way of doing things. We see this with the Pharisees and the religious rulers and even the Jews in this time. You see, they were bound by rules. They were given rules by God to follow, but they were given rules for a time. In Galatians 3.23, we read these words. You might like to open... Them, if you've got your Bibles there. It says this, Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law As our guardian, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ. You see, there was a time when there was a law, a very strict rule, a very strict law for the Jewish people, but it was there to protect them and to guard them until Jesus Christ would come. But we can still find ourselves living in that way. We can still find ourselves looking to to rules and regulations, to guide us and to lead us. But Jesus came to bring a new way. Galatians 5.1, just a little further on in the same book says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. You see, there's part of our natural instinct to go back to rules and regulations Paul to the Galatians is saying, stay free, stay free in what Jesus has done. Stop going back to your your natural inclination to look to the, the rules and regulations to live your life and to live your faith. You see, the Christian life has never been and will never be about following rules. I'd like to unpack this a little bit more and look at why. Firstly, we see this. Rules can be cumbersome. Rules become a burden that we were never meant to carry. Now, I grew up in different Christian environments, and one of those environments was a Christian school. And at our school, there were rules for all sorts of things. And of course, we we need rules. They're there. They can be good for us. They they guide us. They, They create order. And there were, there were rules for all different sorts of things. The way that you wore your clothes, the, the way that you wore your hair. I, I remember one uh, y- young man at one particular time at the school shaved his hair off. He thought it would be, you know, a good thing to do. I'm not sure if he realized that went against the code of the school and he had to go home in punishment for doing such a thing. Can remember one of the the rules we used to laugh about the most at school was the six inch rule. Guys and girls had to keep six inches apart at all times. There was literally a rule called no heavy patting. That was a rule we had to keep. No heavy padding. How do you interpret that? There were all different rules. We have rules in the church. There's often an unwritten code of of the way we're meant to dress, the way we're meant to act. Often far more than we ever read in scripture and they, they become these unspoken codes of conduct that we find ourselves judged by. And this is dangerous because somehow we can come to believe that being a Christian is all about following the rules, doing the right thing, saying the right thing, wearing the right thing. And somehow people can get the idea that following Jesus means following these rules. The woman in chapter 8 is caught in the midst of breaking the rules, caught in the act. It's interesting that they only bring the woman and not the gentleman. and They drag her into the temple. They drag her into the place where people come to worship God. They come to the place where people come to learn about him, the most religious of places. They drag her into that place. We're not sure. Maybe she was draped simply in in a bed sheet. Who knows? But she's there in front of the crowd, looking down, ashamed, guilty, humiliated. And on this day, it might cost her everything. For the law did state that a person caught in adultery should be stoned. And as she stands there and as the crowd watches, as they point, as they whisper, what's going on? What's happening here? Jesus is seen simply kneeling down and writing in the dirt. We don't know what he was writing. Many people have tried to give answers, but we don't know. And as the religious leaders accuse this woman, they wait for his answer. They wait for him to shrug his shoulders and simply say, well, I guess they're the rules. Jesus looks up saying, if any any of you is without sin, cast the first stone and they drop away, leaving only one person, Jesus Christ remaining. And he looks at this woman Straight into her eyes, and he asks, Is there anyone here to condemn you? Maybe she thought, Well, there's no one, but there's you. There's one person here, his name is Jesus, and she looks to him. Her life is in his hands. Jesus says, With love and grace, neither do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. Go. You're forgiven. And in that place, go in appreciation for for the forgiveness you've received. Go and live a changed life. See, rules can be cumbersome. When we heap them upon people, when we carry them ourselves, they create a burden. A burden that Jesus never, never meant us to carry. We see also this, that rules don't inspire grace. And I read an interesting story. It was a story of a high school chemistry teacher who did something a little bit strange. You you see, he wanted to teach his students a lesson about God's grace. And so he handed out a test, which they knew they were going to receive, and they knew that it would be difficult. Course, it was chemistry. And when he handed out that test, he simply asked the, the students to do, to do one thing first. He said, Before you start this test, I want you to read the, the entire test from beginning to end. So he hands out the, the test, and all the students take it. And the majority of the students read through it, as he said. And at the very end of the test was a small note which simply said, Feel free to take this test and try to get an A by taking it, simply put your name on this test and hand it in and you will automatically receive an A. Now, most of the students saw that and, oh, could you imagine? Oh, this is great. This is amazing. And so the, most students wrote their name on it and within minutes are coming up to the front and handing in their tests. Now, one of the students who didn't listen to the instruction and in read to the end, continued and I should say started the test and he, he's trying to complete all the answers, wondering what's going on. Well, why are all these other people just handing this in? And then another student didn't respond kindly at all. One student in particular who had studied for hours upon hours upon hours, wasn't happy at all for all the work she'd put in, And so she stayed and she took the test on principle. She was going to earn that A. Now there are many people who are just not aware of God's grace. Either by their own doing or by their ignorance. And then there are those who like this young girl try to earn their favour with God. We try to earn God's grace by, by doing more, by working hard, even though this gift of grace is, is exactly that, a free gift. We can find ourselves carrying the burden of religion when what God truly offers is freedom from guilt. We find ways to pilot all the higher. That God comes and who simply says... I want to make you free. You see, the grace of Jesus is still available today. The very same grace that saved that woman from being stoned calls out to you, calls out to me. Calls out to every person who's been hauling around a long list of rules and rituals and obligations. Jesus calls out. To those who are tired of working and pretending. To those who are worn down by guilt and the fear of religion. Calls out, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. As Jesus says in Matthew 11 from verse 28. So maybe you grew up in a Christian home, a Christian family or around Christian people. Maybe you were taught about Jesus. Maybe you even went to to youth group for years upon years. Maybe you came to, to church services. But somehow you learned to fear Jesus. You didn't want to go to hell. And so you kept all the rules so that you would be okay for eternity. Maybe when you sin, you still feel guilty and wonder if you will be good enough hope you will be strong enough to keep going. You fear that if Jesus came right now, would I be ready? Have I done enough? Am I in the right place? Somehow, you've done all these things, but you never fell in love with Jesus. You see, when we find ourselves simply following a list of rules, where they take precedence over love and grace... It's very, very hard to fall in love with Jesus. To illustrate, when I got married, there were some unwritten rules, I guess, that came with that commitment. Some of them are stated clearly when you come before a group of people. You come and you make some statements. You make some promises one to another in that ceremony before people and to each other. So when I married Beck, I understood very clearly and I made the commitment to be faithful to her and and to her alone for for my life. I understood that my commitment was to provide for her as it was hers to provide for me and together we would provide for our family, a place of safety and of comfort. When I made those promises, I shared that I'll be committed to to Beck no matter what comes our way. Through the good times, through the bad times, through, through the struggles. No matter what, I made a promise and she made the promise to me that we would be there for each other through all seasons. And then there are some rules that I didn't know about that have since been established. I've learnt. That I need to keep the toilet seat down at all times. I didn't make that promise at a wedding ceremony, but I know them now. What I've learned is that I need to be cleaner than I used to be. Being a bachelor and a single man before I got married, there was a a standard of cleanliness that just doesn't quite add up to the standard that's needed in a marriage. And I've also learned this. Unlike what all the ads show and, and, and say about manliness... When I've been out working in the yard and I am sweaty and I am dirty, that's actually not that attractive. And so when I come in and I just want to give Beck a big hug to say hello, is, no, no, wait, go have a shower first. <laughs> I've learned that it's better to be clean before I wrap my arms around the ones that I love with all my sweat and grime. These were not written or spoken, but definitely rules I've come to learn but if I saw our relationship as a bunch of rules, if all I saw were these rules, then I wouldn't be very happy. But Because I love my wife, because I love Beck, I find joy in doing these things, in caring for her, in loving her. You say, yes, there are commandments to keep. But it's not not a way to earn God's favour. It comes simply because we love him and because they're for our good. In the end, the grace and the love of God frees us and inspires us to live for him. Augustine said these words, they're wonderful words. Who can be good if not made so by loving? Love God and do as you please. Think about that for a moment. Love God and do as you please. I remember reading that quote and at first thought, what? So I can love God and then do what I want? No. If you look closely at these words, Augustine understood that when we love God, we will live our lives to please Him. We'll do all that we can out of love and out of gratitude. Imagine this woman who was caught in adultery, who is now freed. She's been given a new life, a new opportunity. She's been told to go and to live a life as a changed person. You can imagine the the joy in her heart and the new freedom that's within her. Her life will be radically changed, not because of a set of rules, but because of an encounter with Jesus Christ who showed her grace and love. Christian journey is about loving God it's about a relationship with Jesus otherwise it's nothing than a bunch of rules we always also find this that rules don't keep us around we grow up and our faith is defined by a moral code instead of the definition of Christianity that is being a follower of Jesus, then what we find is this. We walk away from both the rules and Jesus. This is the danger of living a life to a moral code. See, we we walk away from the, the rules and Jesus himself. We don't come to see Jesus for who he is. We get frustrated with the code that we cannot keep And so we must define Christianity first and foremost as the following of Jesus Christ. Many people leave the church and their faith because of the guilt of not measuring up to the rules. They pull out because they mess up time and time again and there's this shame and this guilt that builds as they feel this failure of not adding up that comes from... Disobeying the rules far too often. Being a follower of Jesus is not about measuring up. This is the enormous truth of the grace and the, the good news of Jesus Christ. Being a follower of Jesus is about reaching out and looking up to the one who gives us forgiveness, not judgment. Who gives us instructions to continue to live a life for him in freedom. By his grace, he does not condemn us. But offers forgiveness and love, calling us to follow Him, leaving our life of sin, and entering into a walk with Him. It's not obedience to a set of rules or regulations, but a journey, a step by step walk by His side. Rules don't keep us, but our relationship with Jesus will. We also find this, that rules don't get us through the tough times. See, rules are about our own strength, what we can do. But we need to find our strength in Jesus, in Jesus Christ. And this has been a real challenge in this season. As as the norms of, of Christian community, of the past, have been completely challenged as we're not able to come together and meet regularly, face to face, as we're not connected in the same ways that we used to be, as we're feeling isolated and and disconnected, not only from our family and from our friends, but our church communities. And you know, if you've been focusing your life on the rules, on doing things right, living by the norms of a community, well, you're not going to get through this season as you're disconnected from this If you try to continue to live your life of faith in this season by just following rules, you're going to be sadly disappointed. You're going to be frustrated time and time again because rules don't give us strength. Rules don't give us hope or encouragement in this time. Relationship with Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit who empowers us Each day as we come and fall to our knees and say, Lord, I need you. I choose to walk with you. Rules don't give us a relationship with Jesus. They don't renew us. They don't sustain us in any form whatsoever. Rules are dead. But Jesus is alive. That's why I love that song that Mark and Nolene shared before. And this week, it's really been one of those God songs. I've played it constantly at home. I've played it even this morning, just preparing for this day. Because the word's so true. As followers of Jesus, we live our lives with Christ in us. We don't live by following rules and regulations, trying to please him. No, we simply come to him and we live with Christ in us. It gives us the strength to carry on. It gives us grace. It gives us a real relationship with him. So maybe you find yourself in a place where you've confused following Jesus with following a set of rules. Maybe you feel dry. Confused. Defeated. Defeated. Maybe you have walked away from faith. Maybe you have even discarded Jesus because of the rules and the regulations that seem to be the way of this Christian life. So this morning, I want to encourage you and say this. Faith has never been about rules, but about Jesus. So look to him. In him you will find grace and forgiveness. No matter what you've done, he will offer you grace and a chance to start again. Offer you freedom and life like never before. So I'd like to invite Mark and Nolene to come. They're going to share this song with us again. And you may like to sing with everything within, within you and give praise and glory to God as you place your eyes back on Jesus. But if you're being challenged this morning, you may like to sit. You may like to let these words just wash over you again and affirm the truth of this, that our faith is in Jesus and Him alone. That it's in Christ that we live, not by anything else. I pray that as these words, as these As this song is shared, the Holy Spirit will come around you, give you boldness once again. May convict you and challenge you so that you may step up to say, I want to follow Jesus. Forgive me if I've confused following you with following a bunch of rules. I place my eyes, I focus my eyes back on you, Jesus. I want to live for you. And Father, I pray that as these words are being sung, I pray again that your Holy Spirit will just come around us and fill us afresh. May we know that you are in us, that you strengthen us, that you give us boldness. Help keep our eyes focused on you in all things, especially in these times where there are so many distractions, Father. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you, not on the problems, Lord, but on your promises, Father. Your promise above all else is that you are with us, that you are within us by your Holy Spirit. We thank you. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.